Hi, this is Pastor Ricky Temple. I'm glad you're with us today. We're going to talk from a text that I normally don't talk from. It's Luke chapter 19. Matthew 25 has a version of this, the parable where he talks about the talents and they were given money to use and had to invest it. It's a great study. I love Matthew 25. But today we're in Luke 19, verse 11. And this is a different take on it. Luke gives a different angle. You know, this physician guy comes up with this incredible way of looking at how God expects certain things from us and why, what he expects and how he expects us to advance in life and what he wants you to be when you grow up. It's a great study. So get your Bible open, get ready for a talk about expectations, what, Christ, what God expects from you and how you respond to that. It's just going to be good. So stay there, enjoy this. And remember, if you like it, Lincoln sent it to a friend. So stay right there and enjoy. I'll be right back to pray with you in just a minute. Enjoy. We are going to embark on a journey in Luke chapter 19 where I'm going to talk about something that is a bit of a surprise. This is really, a, 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 in my opinion, a, a kind of a takeoff. It's really not. The synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're called synoptic because they see, they see together, but they see differently the different events that Jesus describes. It's three different guys giving a summary of what Jesus said about a particular item. And this one is really amazing. I've always loved uh, Matthew 25 because in Matthew 25, it's the parable of the talents, the parable of the, of the um, uh, oh gosh, the virgins. I just love that whole part of the Bible. I just, I just think it's great. And if I was gonna preach my last sermon, it would probably be from Matthew 25. I just love it. But Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 11, it gives it a, a different twist. Luke kind of takes the story uh, tells another side of the parable that Jesus told with more details from a different perspective. And it really is amazing. So he told one parable, obviously, one way, and this one uh, a bit with a bit of a different flavor that really makes you think. And it's all centered around expectations. But these expectations are different. These are the expectations that God has of us. The whole picture is about an expectation. So it's said in the form of a parable. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a little bit technical for just a minute. I'm going to give you four things to read, okay? Four quick things that will help you understand the lay of the land. Whenever you interpret the Bible, they call that hermeneutics. That's a big word, right? Hermeneutics, right? What does it mean? Hermeneutics is very simple. It has to do with the, inter the rules for interpreting Scripture. Well, what gives me the right to say this means that? And so in, in interpreting the Bible, there are certain basic rules. So, for example, when you read a story, it's a story here. If it's an allegory, it's, an, you know, it's a story. It has all these de details and sides, and there's all these different parts to it, and everything means something. Various things are symbolic, like the Wizard of Oz, for example. When you see that, that's, you know, okay, you get that. That's a full story allegory. It has all of these different dynamics to it. When you tell something that's a parable, it's different. And that's what this is. This is a parable. This is not like the Pilgrim's Progress. This is not like Moby Dick. This is not a story that has all of these different allegorical parts to it. That's an allegory. That's different. This is a parable. Big word, parable. So let me give you four things to think about, four quick things to help us put this in context, because the way you, I call it, land the plane determines what you conclude. So a lot of people, when they come to the Bible, they come with the wrong, end up with the wrong conclusions because they don't know how to fly the plane. And they'll land the plane all crooked and make wrecks and come up with all kinds of interpretations that are not true. And so one of the big rules is you want to interpret it within its context. You want to understand who's talking, what does he mean, when did he say it, what did he think it meant, what did those who heard it think it meant, 
Um, and you, you want to take it literally unless it's obviously figurative in meaning. So there's a lot of basic hermeneutical rules that we can talk through. But what I want to do today is this. I want to make sure that you get the simple basics because in this story we're going to read is, is one big message. And that's the point. Parables have one big point. So here we go. You ready? Four things I want you to note, and then we're going to get on down the road. Okay, here we go. Number one. First of all, what does the text say? This is called rules for studying parables. What does the text say? What does the text mean? Number three, how does the text apply? We must always be careful to not make parables allegories like the Wizard of Oz, Pilgrim's Progress, Moby Dick, and that have meanings in many parts of the stories. That's the first thing I want you to notice. I want you to hear me. So be clear. This is, this is not an allegory. This is a parable. Number two. You ready? Let's keep moving. Number two. Stories, especially uh, that Jesus told, provided a vision of life, especially life in God's kingdom. Parable means a putting alongside for the purpose of comparison and new understanding. They mainly convey one main point. That's the main purpose of a parable. It communicates one main point. And so oftentimes when people teach parables, they, they go through and then he said, and then he turned, and this means that, and you need to turn, and then he sat down, and that means you need to sit down. That's not how parables are interpreted. So keep that in mind. Number three, let's keep moving. All right, the main point of a parable, this parable, watch this. Here's the main point. There is a, there, there, this is a story about a businessman hiring people to invest his money and make a profit. The main point of the parable is to remind us that God has given each of us something that we must steward and give account for how we use what we have been given. That's important. So keep that in mind. And here's the fourth final thing. Here we go. One more time. The fourth and final thing. Watch the setting. Look at what he's saying. Here we go. The people listening to the parable and and the people in the parable are important to notice because some of the people listening into the story were focusing on the kingdom. Some of the people in the parable were focused on politics. Some of the people in the parable were focused on investing the money given them and making a profit. That's important. Because he wants you to paint a picture. There's this guy, he's sitting out there, and he's focused on the kingdom. He's listening to Jesus, but his mind, he wants the kingdom of God to be established and kill, stop all these Romans from dominating us and taking, we want to take over. That's the focus of the study. In this guy's mind, that's what's in his head. And so he, he paints this picture of these, of these people in the parable and where their mind was. And this is so important because whew, where your mind is affects a lot. So what I want to do is plow through where their minds were, okay? And we'll see how this all applies. Here we go. So, and then, so this is what I call the parable explained, making it simple for you. Number one, some of the people gathered to hear Jesus were consumed with one thing, the kingdom. Look at verse 11. While they were listening to this, he went to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem. And the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. So that he wants you to understand the mindset of the people listening. They were only focused on one thing. God's coming. God's coming. Messiah's going to come beat up these Romans. That's all they could hear. And you have to understand that affects what you hear when you're looking to hear one thing. Second thing, some of the people in the story were consumed with politics. 
and defeating the king. Now, this is interesting. So there's a political thing going on. And they're focused on one thing, winning the, winning the election, the appointment. They, they don't want this king in this story to be king. There are people who can't stand him. Listen to what the Bible said. This is important. Verse 12. And he said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants, 10 of his servants, and gave them 10 minus. Put this money to work. He said, unless I come back, until I come back, rather. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this dude, this man to be our king, period. Now, I want you to see this. So this guy who's going to be king, right? He's, he's got some political opposition going on. They don't like it. They can't stand it. They don't want him to be king. And so they're trying to stop him from being king. But then he says, well, in, in the story, but there were 10 guys, you know, I, I did leave a responsibility. I gave them some money. And I'll talk about that in a minute, too. But I want you to notice this environment. I want you to see what it's like. Some of you say, oh, that's like what it is today. Ooh, there's a lot of, the, yeah, I know. I know it is. Can't stand him. Some of you, I won't even start. I don't want to even go down that road with you. <laughs> because, boy, Woo, that's true today. Here we go. Number three, big point. Keep moving. Some of the people in our story, right, in the story, were focused on their assignment to invest the money and make a profit. Now, there were some people who said, listen, my job, I ain't worrying about politics. I'm worrying about making some money. I don't know about the kingdom and all that when, they, when the Lord's coming back. All I know is that this guy chose 10 of us, gave us all the same amount of money. To manage, 10 minus. He gave us all the same. And he said, I want you to make some money. So their minds focused on making some money. Look at verse 13. So he, he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minus. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his, subject, the, but his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king, period. Now, I've learned something in life. Sometimes in life, you can't control people's opinion of you. Believe it or not, there's at least some people that don't like me, don't like the way I teach, don't like the way I look, don't like whatever. And I, I, I've just accepted that. Now, I don't know why you don't like me because I'm a nice guy, but it's okay. That's part, that's part of the journey. So I, but this guy steps over them. And he goes, and you're going to see in a minute, he becomes the king. But I want to freeze it for a minute. I want to, I want to, I want to put something on the screen because I want you to see this. Because I think it's important for you to understand that, that he gave them 10 minuses called, right? And this minus money that he gave them, he's called it money for our sake. The money he gave them was, was, a, was a significant amount. You know, it was, it was pretty, a year wage. Wow. Look at him to read to you again. He said he called 10 of his servants, verse 13, gave them 10 minus, put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him. 10 minus. Now watch what this is. So this is a year's wage. Now that's pretty, pretty big gift. So let's pretend you were, um, did I say a year? That's incorrect. 
It's 100 days. Ah, get that right, preacher man. <laughs> 100 days wage. Now, 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 it would have been nice if it was a year, but it wasn't. It was 100 days wage. It was 100 days wage. Now, I want to show you what that would be like. So let's just pretend you had $40,000, okay, $40,000. And, and a, a year's job, you made $40,000, that's $166 a day, one more time. So if you work at a $40,000 a year job, right, and you worked for 100 days, work days, that comes to about $166 a day. I love this kind of stuff. Watch this. In our day, this would be equal to a person being given $16,000 to invest. That's what he gave them. Now, this is important. The total given to the 10 guys would have been equal to $166,000 in Jesus' day. That's a lot of money. So now that we got our days right, it was 100 days, not a year, okay? And he gave them $16,000 to invest each. $16,600 if you estimated it based on a $40,000 a year job. I'm just trying to give you uh, some estimate. So I just took $40,000. So I pretended you made $40,000 a year. Hope you make more. But if you make $40,000 a year, and what would, be, what would you make in 100 days working at that pay scale? You'd make $16,600 in 100 days. So that's what he gave them to invest. And he gave 10 guys this much money. That's a total of $166,000. Now, that we got our numbers right. Let's keep moving. Watch what happens. Now, in verse 15, the Bible says, he was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, sir, your mina has earned 10 more. Verse 17, well done, my good servant. His master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of the 10 cities. The second came and said, sir, your miner has earned five more. His master answered, said, you take charge of five cities. So there are rewards for people who did the right thing. Ah, oh, boy. Hey, cash in. You took that $16,600 and you invested it and you made some money. And the master said, I'm going to reward you for that. So notice with me, please, there are rewards for doing what you're supposed to do with what you've been given. That's the first lesson. One more time. There are rewards for doing what you're supposed to do with what you've been given. That's important. Number two, watch this. There was also in the story not only rewards, but there's going to be miscalculations. So watch these guys Come to the Lord and say, got you, got you. Didn't mean to blow there, but you got the point. I'm excited. <laughs> you know, when you see him, says, okay, I'm going to give you this great reward because you're obedient. And then watch verse 20. Whew, this, is, this is sad. I don't like verse 20, but I'm going to read it for you because it's just powerful. Here's what he said. Then another servant came and said to him, sir, here's your mina. Here's your mina. Here's the money you gave me, $16,600, 1000 2000 3000 Okay, 16 there you go. All right, here's what you gave me. I've kept it, laid away in this cloth for you, okay? And I was afraid of you because you, you are a hard man. You take what you did not put in and you reap what you did not sow. Freeze. 
Okay, so I gave you $16,000, which is a whole bunch of money back in Jesus' days. Asked you to manage it, gave you 100 days wages to manage, and you didn't do anything with it? You didn't do anything with it? What I gave you, you basically wasted? You just looked at it? Okay. Uh, this is an amazing person. You ever run across these people? They, they come, you know, sometimes when you hear them talk, you go, why would you even say that to somebody who gave you that much money? Why would you respond that way? I have a saying. I have never made friends with money. You only make enemies sometimes. I, I do think you help people. There's some people, it, may, it is a good investment. But there are always the, there's always the one or two people who just don't get it. I mean, some of you right now, you're living with somebody for free, and you're not even nice to them. You, you have no place to go. Some of your kids, I want to say, really? Your mom and dad are feeding you, and you, you're adding, you won't clean up? You won't help out? Really? Do you realize they don't have to do that? Yes, they do. Where is that written? Where? They can, they can call the police and have you ex out the door. I mean, I, I think there's a moment when you, you have to pause and say, why is this guy acting this way? Which brings me to this third thing I hate to talk about, punishments. So in the story, you got rewards. In the story, you got a miscalculation. This guy's miscalculated. He thought, well, you know, I can just say what I want to say to you and it doesn't matter. I can just be rude and it doesn't matter. I can just act any way I want to. And I, I don't, but there's a point here where he's miscalculated because there is an expectation of him. Pause right there. That's the big point of today's message. God has an expectation of you. In this parable, Jesus is saying, here's how it works in the kingdom. There is an expectation that when I've given you an opportunity that you're going to take advantage of it. There's an expectation and you are miscalculating if you think that you can do anything you want with what you've been given and there are no consequences. You can just do anything you want, act any way you want, and there's no Long-term penalty. There are a lot of people right now who are ill physically because they miscalculated. I can eat anything, do anything, never take care of myself. Don't brush my teeth and my teeth won't fall out. Ha <laughs> ha, why you like this. Some of you didn't do it. You didn't brush. That's the only reason. Some of you, it just happened. You brushed and it still happened. But you understand, for some of you, at least one of you, you say, yeah, that's me. I'm the, I'm the guy. Brushed every other week or so. I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I, I rinsed, but I didn't really floss. And I didn't, and some of you, you know, you're not trying to make things better physically for yourself. Lord, help us. You are miscalculating. Mm. Mm. All this happened in this pandemic, miscalculations. Underestimated, underestimated, somehow thought you, I don't know why even, excuse me, church people think they can just win COVID to Christ. I'm sorry, don't get me started. You know, you're not listening to the rules. You're not trying. You got some Bible verses you're throwing around to try to make it okay to not do what you need to do to be safe. But I don't get it. I think it's a miscalculation. And there are, there's a third thing. There's a punishment here. There's a punishment. There are punishments for individuals. There are punishments for nations. There are punishments. And this story, there's a punishment. Listen to what he says. And this is tough stuff. Watch what he says. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You, you knew. <laughs> you knew. Did you that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put 
my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest. Here's a question. Why didn't you at least try to use what I gave you? The time I gave you, the health I gave you, the money I gave you, the education I gave you, the people I gave you. Why didn't, why didn't the church I gave you, the pastor I gave you, this opportunity right here, he gave it to you. You didn't pay for this necessarily. Many of you are watching it for totally for free. You've never sent a dime. God gave you this as a gift. So what are you doing with it? Did you take care of it? Those of you that are members, thank you for supporting and making it possible. But it's about taking care of it. He put that woman in your life. What have you done to her? Those children, what have you done to them? Don't miscalculate. A lot of what we're seeing in families is a punishment for miscalculations, for not doing what they were told, for not being obedient, for being people who say, ah, I don't have to do all that. I don't have to do all that. I mean, it doesn't matter. 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 I can do what I want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Wow. And so what happens is pretty painful. There is something that I really hate to talk about, permanent loss. Permanent loss is one of those things that happens when, wow, wow, man, it's, it's that moment, you know, where, you know, you come to work late, right, and you're late, and you're late, and you're late, and you're late, and they told you, warned you, and then they call you in the office and say, this is not working out. I know you need a job, you have a family, I know it's a, but you, you can't continue to work here. We, we cannot leave you in this position, so this is your last day. We're going to gather your stuff and have you leave the building. And in that moment, you realize, I miscalculated. In that moment that the divorce is final, you realize, I miscalculated. I, I, I shouldn't have said those words. I shouldn't have behaved that way. In that moment, when the, they call you in from academic probation and say, you're just not applying yourself, so we're going to have to put you out of here for six months to a year until you regather yourself, or you're going to have to leave this program. We don't, we're going to have to put someone else in your slot that's more focused than you. And that's hard stuff, man. That's hard. Our friend says, you know, I, I really, you know, every time you call, you're asking for money. Every time you call, you're in need. Every time you're draining me, and I can no longer be your friend. God. Wow, that's hard. It's a miscalculation. And you just think, man, how, how could you abandon me? It's because you miscalculated. You thought you could beat and box people, chop people, poke people, and there's no consequence. This is the moment where God says, please understand, there is, there is a punishment. And it can be permanent. There are people, let me tell you one of the saddest places to go is to go to jail, right? And to see people sitting in there who are never going to get out. They're not going to get out for 20, 30, 40 years. Some of them will never get out. And, you, and, and I know there are people there who need to get out. We pray they get out. We understand there's been too much locking people up. I get that. But there are some people. They went to one party too many, got into one fight too many, got away with one thing that uh, too many and thought they were all, would always get away with and now... They're sitting there and they're saying, I didn't do this, but you did 15 other things. I'm not saying you should be there. OK, if you didn't do this, you should be only fairly judged. But sometimes you miscalculate. You live too close to the railroad track. You play games too, too much. Let me read the verse to you. I, I got to get to it. Verse 24. Watch what he says. 
Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Give it to the guy, take his money, take the $16,600, take that from him. And I want you to take that and I want you to give it to this guy that has, that has more money than him. Think about that. I want, you to, I want you to take it to the guy, the one who has 10 minus. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. I want to go back again. I want you to back up the train a little bit. I'm going to read this again. I want you to, I want to, I'm going to read the story again. The Bible said in verse 11, while they were listening to this, he went to tell them a parable. He was near Jerusalem and the people thought the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. And he said to them, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to, give, to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minas. Everybody had the same amount. But at the end of the story, I want you to notice one guy has 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 he took his sixteen thousand dollars and multiplied it up until he came back with one hundred sixty six thousand. Remember, all of them got the same amount. And I just use that as an example. The forty thousand only an illustration. I hope you got that. OK, but he, he, he took that those miners that that whatever he whatever everybody was given the same amount of money. And this guy took that and multiplied it up to be 10 minus. He came up with, he ended up with, he had, he had what everybody else started with. This one guy. And so what, what he does in the end of the story is this incredible thing. He takes the one guy that's been the most profitable and gives him the, 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 the one guy who did nothing's money. Why? Here's what he said. And this is a principle, verse 20, 25 um, that, that's so important. He said, sir, they said, he already has 10. This guy was the most successful. He has 10. He started out with one minor like all of us. And this guy's gone all the way up in our illustration. He started out with 16,000. Now he's already at 166,000. Why would you take the guy's 16,000 and give it to the guy with 166,000? Here's what he said. Here's the principle. <laughs> he replied, verse 26. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, big word, nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want to be, me to be king over them, bring them and kill them in front of me. That's bad too. Bad stuff. Big point though. Here's the big point. Big point is, God, he's not interested in nothing. He's not interested in stagnation. He's not interested in you doing nothing. Why is it that you have nothing? Why, well, how would you end up with nothing? This guy started out with a minor. He started out with, in our illustration, $16,000 like everybody else. Why does he end up with nothing? I, I hear this all the time. Could it be because of choices? Because he had an attitude, you know, you want me to work for you and you didn't sow anything and you want, to, want me to go out and make money for you. See, his attitude 
His perspective led him to nothing, and that is exactly what can happen to you. Your attitude, I tell my kids all the time, I've said it all their life, attitude is the key to success. You can end up with nothing. How does he end up with nothing? Why are you where you are? Questions, important questions that can help you with this parable. Three questions. What were you miscalculating while you were waiting? What were your miscalculations? Think about that. While you were waiting, what is it that you mis? What, what were your miscalculations? Number two, what could you permanently lose if you do not adjust and invest better? What could you permanently lose? <laughs> you could lose something. I have. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you lose? Oh, man. Sometimes over-advised somebody should let it go. Let that go. Created tension in my relationship with my wife at times because I didn't let that go. Let that go. Lost that, that peace that we had for that brief minute. We gained it all back, thank God. We, we've had a good relationship, but I've had moments when I miscalculated. This is important to talk about. Not really. And I've seen people not let something go and it permanently destroys everything. Marriage, children, job, career, because you can't let that go. Yeah. What rewards have you missed? Could have made more money by now. Could have been in a better place. If you didn't feel the need to go on the job and be everybody's champion. Just do your job. You don't have to go on and be the champion for everybody and beat up everybody over every issue in your life, in the neighborhood, in your job, everywhere you go. And, and there's this place you get where if you're not careful, you miscalculate. These, this, this is a great story where one guy out of nine, out of ten guys, got it wrong. It's also an illustration of how you can get so carried away that you put yourself in a place of judgment that's not necessary. I, um, I like this parable. Jesus said, I want to put this truth besides one big point. Use what you have and don't miscalculate. Hey, my time is up. Thank you for being with me today. I want to turn this next week in another direction. And I want to talk about what I haven't done, what I have not done, and yet expect. What I haven't done sometimes is the reason why I cannot have what I expected out of life. There's something about sowing and reaping. There's something about the principle in Galatians chapter 6, which we'll pick up on next week. The big question is, have I done enough to receive what I expect? Have I done it in the right spirit and attitude? There is a powerful study that we're going to take on next week. But before we do, I want to pray for you today. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message today and may it bring life and strength and health to them. 
you expect us to do better. You expect us, you require us to think this thing through. And I pray in Jesus' name that we would today. Think it through. Let this be a moment of healing and blessing and grace. Let it be a moment of victory and strength. Let us rise above, Lord God, our frustrations and our anger, and let us trust you. You expect us. You require us. You call us to make a decision about who we're going to trust and how we're going to live. So let those who've heard this today make the right decision in Jesus' name. I pray for people today, Father, who would say, I need God in my life. I pray for people today who've been away from you. You expect them to return. Let this be the day they return and surrender their lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray you were blessed by today's sermon. I like the part that um, just emphasizes the importance of having something and how important it is for you to have something for God to work with. I just think that part of the teaching is just so important and how that this is a story of someone who lost something, permanent loss, you couldn't get it back. He did not invest what he was given. He did not take advantage of the time he had and he lost something. Wow. There's an opportunity for rewards. There's an opportunity to be obedient. There's an opportunity to take advantage of this season. And maybe you're in that season in your life. And I hope you take this message and apply it to your life and say, you know what? I'm not going to let that happen to me. Let me pray for you. Father, let this be a moment of reckoning, a moment when we realize that we need to be obedient and in alignment with your word. Bless and guide, Lord God, those who've heard this today to respond and use the talents, the resources, the money, the opportunity, the skills they have while they have an opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, I've enjoyed being with you on demand. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'll see you next time right here with more stuff to talk about. Got more things to say about expectations. You stay right there. See you next time. Bye-bye.